beast is making me What's time but a thing they kill or keep a fire or lose a living I gotta go faster, keep up the pace Just to stay in the human race I could go supersonic, the problem's chronic Tell me, does life exist beyond it? When I need to sate, I just accelerate Into oblivion Into oblivion Buenos nachos amigos and welcome to another fantastic episode of Record Breakers I am Petey Rave, your man with no plan here with me is my team, my my co-compatriots, my my uh, something or other, another anal- a, 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 a synonym. Uh, we've got Brett. I'm your cinnamon. We've got Patrick. Hi. And we've got Drew. Hey. Yeah. Uh, we're here gathered to talk about music and the, the provider of the music this week is drew drew what do you got for us this week well eh, it's a little something it may have went under the radar for most people it's a little group just a duo out of uh philadelphia pennsylvania um, no real a big uh it's hollow notes <laughs> it's hauling goats yes we're hauling goats We've we've got to get. Um, I, I I thought oat futures were pretty good, so I was going to yeah. invest heavily in oats. Yes. Uh, uh talk about hollow notes, private eyes. Just talk about expectations. Uh, we kind of well, we all had expectations. We all kind of had an idea of what we what we were getting into. Uh, no. Imagine Brett. What, what were your expectations coming into this in this review? You know, this this is an exercise in like listening to songs that you I've heard a million times before, and trying to find some things that I've sort of glossed over. I, you know, it, it it they're one hell of a band uh, to to dig your teeth into, um, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But there was everybody, my mother, my my future great grand niece, everybody will have an opinion on Hall and Oates before they listen to this podcast from now and forever. Yeah. I, I would like to meet somebody who is unfamiliar with Hall Notes. Yes. At least casually. That that would be somebody who I would really enjoy having a conversation with. Because it's it everybody has has been touched by the man eater or the, you know, rich girl. Even Drew oh, and his yes. mother singing in a car together, as yes. I heard in pre show. Yes. Uh yes. I sung many a Hall Notes song in karaoke. Uh, Patrick, what, what expectations did you have? It's Hall & Oates. Um, I had never listened to an Hall & Oates album proper, but many a Hall & Oates song. It, it's Hall & Oates. Mm-hmm. It's Hall & It's Oats. Uh, it's Hall & It's Oats. Uh, Drew, how would you describe this album musically? What, what would be the themes that I'll miss to comprise this album? Well, to, to sort of um, point out, Daryl Hall and John Oates are a duo, as I said, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, They, to me, are one of those bands that sort of define the era that they are a part of. Um, They sort of are one of those, like, temple bands, that, like, late 70s, like, early, mid-80s, like, pop music scene. Um, Private Eyes came out um, and was actually being recorded during... uh, like voices rise right so 
it came out like literally right on the heels as the last single was dropping. And so they gave you no time to wait for more hits because that's what they do. Um, the They sort of began to hone in on and sort of make true of what they were. They had this, the funky bass lines. They had the the good side of pop music. They had the rock and roll and all that mixed together, right? To, in my opinion, for better or worse, I know they don't like the term. I'm not a huge fan of it either, but they they will forever be linked to the idea of blue-eyed soul. Um, all the stuff on here is danceable, fun stuff. It's, it's pop music, sure, but it's, it's the pop music you don't really feel bad about, right? Um, because there's a lot of musical substance to it. Um, the bass lines are groovy but simple. The keys have at once flashes of disco and then that like hint of like 80s flair to it. Um, and then every once in a while some horns come in. I like that. Um and you get the the vocals of both um, Daryl and John, right? And it's like they they mix really well, and they both work in the songs that they lead on. They both work in the songs that they um, take a back seat to. It they can very much interchange like that, and they you never miss a beat with them. Um, they're just something that I can put on and just have fun with, like. Mm-hmm. It's just fun music. Yeah. Fun tunes. Uh, Brett, uh, how would you describe this music? What, are the th- what would be the themes elements that make hollow notes hollow notes? Well, it, a lot of it comes down to the fact that, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of musical muscle being thrown around uh, on this album, like t- to a nutty level. I mean, you, you've got Daryl Hall playing like 30 different instruments and singing. Uh, you got Oates being the mustachioed songsmith that he is, um, strumming it up. You throw in G.E. Smith um, and his Telecaster, and you have like three very, very famous and noteworthy musicians outside of what they did together. Um, but what they did was they 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 did a good job of merging like a a duop or a Motown feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and they added drum machines and synthesizers, uh, an entire drawer of hand percussion instruments. Uh, they had three different sizes of mandos. They had a mandolin, a mando guitar, and a uh, a mandocello, I believe. Uh, and they found a vibra vibraphone um, just for good measure. Uh, that there's like so many threads in every song uh, of different instruments being used, but like. They know to put those instruments down so it doesn't muddy a lot of things up. Um, but the the songs, if you break them down, are extremely simple. There's not a lot of complex uh, song structure. It's just the execution and how much, when they're in the studio, they're like, no, I think I need to use this egg shaker right here. And then in a minute I'll pick it up again and shake it, you know, th- that kind of stuff. Like they, f- they found like the hamburger helper of music and, uh, they, they, they stretched it out and they made some really solid music with what 
they executed it well, but it they were not, you know, rewriting the book on songwriting. They were they were doing what people had been doing at that point for 30 years. They were just doing it with with such a uh, a honed edge and uh great turn of turns of phrase uh lyrically I don't like lyrics in songs to be the the standout thing but there are some it, it is catchy fun lyrics there there when we break down songs that you will find that uh I ha- there is a whole yeah there's there's some whiz bang in <laughs> stuff that other pe- people would not have whiz or bang yeah. uh yeah that's for sure uh, Patrick, well, how would you describe this musically? What would be the themes on the mist that caught your attention? Um, it's it's one of those pop albums that I think transcends its era. Uh, it, it does sound like the tail end of the seventies, the beginning of the eighties, in terms of some of the instrument choices and how they like things that I noticed, like the sound of drums and you know the the way synths sounded. But the songwriting is just good simple old-fashioned pop songs and that that really shows through um even now you know 30 some years later it's still like still feels really good it's still fun to sing along with it's still catchy as hell and it, and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel old i guess is the best way to put it it doesn't feel you know antiquated um really 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 strong musicians all over the album like this is of the good things of the the way the music industry worked in this era was like if you if you wanted to and you could pay for it you could get incredible people to play songs together on a record and this is like the band that that was hollow notes just even outside of you know daryl and john was really really impressive and you see it kind of throughout here very impressive quality songwriting from these guys. Uh, true. What would be some of the key tracks to zero in on, to hone in on? Uh, unlike most times, I'm not going to do the thing with the first track. I'm going to go straight into I Can't Go For That. Um, because okay. as I said, it has... I, I and That song, I, I, yes, I can't go for that. Um, but... I can't go for that as a song. Um, the beginning, like I said, like there's that late seventies, early to mid eighties, like sort of thing going on with these things at the very beginning. It has a very, in my opinion, very disco-y sound to it, but it gives a very cool vibe over the whole song. And it very gets into this staccato. The synth very easily goes into the staccato rhythm with a very groovy baseline. Um, it's a chorus that, like a lot of Hollow Note songs, are very sing along with. Um, to me, it it's one of those. I can't go for that. Is one of those perfect Hollow Note songs. It's it encompasses what the band can be at its or what the group can be at its best points. Um, I point to another example being Rich Girl, as we've hinted at probably earlier in this. Um, but Rich Girl isn't on this album, so I have to mention I can't go for that. Um, did it in a minute. Um, one, the, uh, the song is easy to sing along to with content and lyrics and music that will just make you happy. Um, no matter what day you're having, you could have had the longest day at work ever with people screaming at you all day. You put this on and you, you're going to smile a little bit. Um, also I want to know where my TV show was. <laughs> 
that is the action comedy with this is the theme song because it's very, as I said to Brett in the pre-show, um, reminds me a lot of Greatest American Hero. Um, in believe parts. it or not, I, I'm I'm believe it or not, George isn't at home. Yeah. Um, exactly. Hey, uh, there's a reference. Um, but then let's the title track. I always say if you're gonna have a title track, if you're gonna have a song that is giving you the title of your record, it better be a great song. Private Eyes is a song that is one of those songs that even if you don't know the name Hall Notes, there was a kid I work with that was like, who's Hall Notes? And I mentioned Private Eyes. He's like, oh, I know that song. It's one of those songs that everybody knows, and it's for good reason. It is one of those songs that you hear it, and is in your head for the rest of the day, if not the rest of the week, and you're not angry about it because it's that damn good of a song. Um, I could go on. Um, I could mention other songs. I'm I'm looking at the list and wanting to mention other songs. I'm going to not because I think Patrick will hit me um, because I do it every time I bring up a record. Um <laughs> Tracks but, one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> right. Like I could, I just, I could take up, like it's just so good. It's so good. And it's so fun. And I'm going to stop talking. So I have final thoughts eventually. Yes. Um, Brett, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Well, you know, Private Eyes is a fantastic song. Uh, it's catchy. Um, it's simple. Um, it's it's one of those songs where you can't help but clap on cue. Uh, it's a solid track. Everybody's heard it. You don't really have to have me, you know, tell you about it. It's probably again burn into people's brains to where they never have to hear it ever again, and they carry it with them in in their little cubby hole in their brain. Um, I I can't go for that. I, I'm not gonna re- like break down the whole song. I'm gonna go for the first 57 seconds because um, there's a there's enough going on in 57 seconds that gives you like a the caliber of musicians we So okay, you start off and you get the the echo drum machine and then the 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 sick bass line. Um, then somebody decides I'm gonna shake a shaker and I'm gonna hit a, a block of wood. And then keyboards come in with the clunky guitar. Then an organ shows up. And uh, that's before anybody says a word. Uh, that's the first 57 seconds of this song has more going on and is layered more than most songs that I've listened to in the previous uh, albums where I said it was a wall of noise. Um, there's just so much going on. Like everybody, there's like a like the next album that we're going to review has has something similar. There's there's nobody that has an empty hand on, in this band. Like if you've got a hand, there's something for you to do. Um, and uh, you've, and you're going to be on cue. And, it, and it's yeah, you get to work. You know, here here's one clave. We're going to put a stand where the other one's laying sideways. Smack this from time to time. No, it's 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 a really really it's a master class in uh and using the weirdest toys and the most like a shaker does not add that much to a song but they did it really well um and and i i think that the that i can't go for that is not the most it's not the best song in the world but it is a very fine song they do the the things that they they got out of that 
um, the, the fine details are great. Um, and uh, I enjoyed uh, Head Above Water. Um, this is one of those uh, 80s movie montage scene type songs. Um, you, you, you start out with that arpeggiating keyboard and growly guitars and the drums that sound like they're being recorded in a cave. Um, you know, all the all the stuff that you get there. But uh, I, I really like how it opens up and, you know, you, you get the strum guitar and the piano and the, the bass follows the, the, the vocal melody, um, which is not something that I hear a lot of. It really stood out. Um, it's, it's one of those songs that I'm sure somebody has done a cover of that has got a little less cheese on it. And, uh, and they, they've made that into something a little more palatable to the modern sound. But that, that is a fantastic song that doesn't, that isn't of the 42 radio hits that you still hear on the radio today. But yeah, those, I mean, shit. Listen to this album. There's, it's got songs for days. Yes, it's got songs for days. Uh, Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Um, can't not mention Private Eyes. That's such a like all-time great pop song. That's perfect. The hook's amazing. Uh, the clap, like the claps yeah. in it. Tell me yeah. about it. The claps in that song are are like. They work and they're right where you want them to be, and you can't not clap along if you if you have your hands available to do so. Like it's like every time I hear it, it's like I have to sing along, I have to clap, I have to. It's that song; it just sucks you in, and you you have to become part of it. Uh, I can't go for that. Is I I, I Brett kind of stole my thunder with talking about how the way the intro is. I love songs that build up from the from its parts you know start with a, a drum track add some bass add all the little effects and details and then like you know finally work your way up to actually like the melody and the vocals and it did that really well um the harmonies and background vocals on that song and kind of all of them are like stellar like the way the way they use having two vocalists uh and then be having you know people who can do all all the sorts of harmonies and backing vocals they want works really, really well. And Head Above Water, just that song, it, it just with, um, for whatever reason, hit me right in the feels in a really good, really good way. It's, um, it's just a fun song. It, it works really well. The harmonies are really nice. And I really, really, really like the hook on that one. Uh, the, those are sort of the three that really caught me. Yeah, yeah those are fantastic songs. Uh, and I, I looked. Uh, I, I haven't had much luck finding a head above water cover of Hall Notes, though. I met though. I see that you can find uh, several covers of Head Above Water by Theory of a Dead Man. Uh, so there's yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, my my searches weren't good. I I'll have to ask Mr. Ibbotson about it. Yeah. Probably has something it, on his hard drive. If if you want a good search for um a song off of this album that's really fun to listen to, go ahead and search a band that we brought up before that I brought to this uh this year podcast, Chromio. Look for them on Daryl's house oh, yeah. doing I Can't Go for That because it's pretty goddamn brilliant. Yeah, they, they, there's they, a talk they did box. a lot of they did a lot of Hollow Notes songs. Live from Daryl's house, I can't go for that. It's amazing. Yeah, the, the talk about a, a keyboard hooked songs. up to a talk box yes. doing the vocals. The, the, 
it's worth seeing. Even even if you don't like hollow notes or chromio or weird houses that are yeah. You if you don't like hollow notes and chromio, I feel like you're a little dead inside. Uh, they did a lot of hollow notes songs in that episode, and the, the they did two chromio songs, one of which is ostensibly a hollow notes song that chromio wrote. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, but that's neither here nor there. That's somewhere on the internet. Uh, what's here is uh, our conclusive thoughts. We're wrapping around, going back around the horn. Uh, Brett, what will be your conclusive thoughts on this album as a whole? Uh, personally, you know, because these are our opinions, which are the be-all, end-all of music critiques. Uh, mm-hmm. Write them down, etch them into stone. This is it. Uh, the Hollow Notes writes... They, they they wrote some pretty awesome songs. They 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 are there's a reason why they are in halls of fame. Um it, it they're they're just catchy enough um and just poppy enough, but if you look at it, it's a it's a two guitar, you know, vocalist playing keyboards band. It's it they're they're playing rock and roll music at a time when people weren't doing that. Like they pop music was was going one way. Rock music was teasing its hair out at that time, um, and uh, you know they were seasoned. Uh, they they had already put a lot of miles on themselves by this time. So, you know, this album is you know sort of a getting towards the turning point. But like, there's such a storied uh, bunch of people that that came together to make some of the the best written songs of the era, and there aren't a whole lot of people that can say they have as many radio hits or you know, even number one as uh, as this duo. I, I, you know, I, I I really enjoyed my time with this album again. Um, you know, but whatever whatever genre you want to put them in, I'm just glad that they're around to make tunes because the world would be a whole lot different if we didn't have Hollow Notes. Yeah. Uh Patrick, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Um, it's very, very, very good. It is. There's a reason we're talking about, you know, uh, a 37 year old album and and how much we enjoyed it. Like it's it, great songwriting transcends everything. And that's sort of what this album has in spades is just really, really good songs uh, and all of them executed well. Um, it's the the. And just sort of the aside to it is like the the history of Hall and Oates and everyone involved, like is the weirdest Wikipedia rabbit hole because like one of them married Gilda Radner and then G Smith was on SNL for like my whole childhood as the you know the head of the band and everything. Like it's there's so much here beyond the music, but the music's so good you you just don't you don't need to you know go down the rabbit hole. But it's it's fun rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is just some classic, fun rock and roll, blue-eyed soul, or whatever you want to call it. You know, just some fun tunes, man. And they're just done, done so well. Uh, Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on the album? There are bands in pop music that you hear them on the radio, and you're like, how, why, why is this here? Right. Why is why does this type of popular music exist? Then there are bands like Hollow Notes and Hollow Notes 
got themselves where they are at because they can write a damn good song. They can produce a damn good song. They can write a goddamn hit. And they make songs that when they come on the radio, you feel good about it. There are, there are guilty pleasures in this world that you sort of hole up and you're like, ah, oh, I, li- I like this. I don't know why I like this, but, but I enjoy it. Right. And uh, other people might make fun of me for liking this or whatever. You put a song by Hall and Oates in the middle of a room. And if there's not multiple people that sing that song out loud with you, like the guys were saying, if you hear private eyes and you don't hear three people clap behind you, you need a new group of goddamn friends. Like there's something that's just fun. It is. Like I said, it is all pleasure. There's no guilt. It is something that at the end of the day is I liken it to, I think I put in here, uh, popcorn because popcorn, just a regular tub of popcorn, just a little bit of salt. You eat it and it's a snack and it goes down easy and you can just keep eating it. And it doesn't make you feel gross or weird like a big old bag of chips will, right? It's just a snack. It's easy. It goes down and it, you feel okay after it. And that's what I think all notes is. They, they make something great and it's easy to like. So it's something that was, Brett has thrown us softballs before. Pac-Man fever. (laughs) Pac-Man fever, real softball. I decided to toss a softball because it's fucking all notes. Uh, and we took, we received that ball and uh, and held on to it and pressed it. Uh, yeah, that went it, somewhere different. I don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't even come up with a clever one. Uh, but yeah, that's Hall and Oates. Those are our thoughts. And now we get to the main event of the evening. Uh, what we've all been waiting for. Uh, what I presume uh, nobody did what I just did and wrote. Uh, the mem- the moment uh, Drew was uh, explaining his uh, conclusive thoughts, uh, our haikus. <laughs> so you're welcome. Uh, let's see. Let's see what our haikus are. Let's see if we can sum up things cleverly. Uh, Brett, what is your haiku? Fantastic album. Real songwriting royalty. Still is relevant. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? Two Philly legends. Good, clean fun that transcends time. Timeless pop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, my haiku. Two dudes and some tunes that make you dance and feel good. God's bless that mustache. Uh, Andrew, what is your haiku? Damn fucking awesome best possible pop music making goddamn hits uh yes those are our thoughts on hollow notes private eyes uh you can of course follow along with us and listen to this album on our spotify playlist uh record breakers the home game on that playlist it's going to be our next record uh it's going to be next week uh it comes with uh you know it's an album and a dare 
a dirty listen to this album and not dance <laughs> and not at least try uh, end up dancing uh subconsciously in your in your seat uh because it is uh one of the most legendary people in all of uh Latin American music history uh somebody who's uh, recently immortalized in television form but in a telenovela and that is Celia Cruz and Celia y Johnny uh Celia Cruz and Johnny Pacheco uh together their first collaboration classic album 42 year old album at this point i think the oldest album ever brought on the show so it's going to be interesting to see what we think of it next week but that, that that's next week and this is this week uh you can of course find us all over the internet Patrick is at the Swagger. Brett is at Hibbity Bibbert, H I P B I T Y B I B B A R D. Drew is at Extrusive X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is at Four Record Breakers. That's the number four Record Breakers. Recordbreakerspodcast.com. Recordbreakerspodcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. Uh, Rebelli.net for this and other shows. Rebelli TV on YouTube. iTunes, Stitcher, other places. You can find us all over there. Until next time. Hasta los huevos. Toodaloo. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>